Welcome into Locked On Phillies. In today's episode, the Philadelphia Phillies won their home opener. Thank goodness they have a chance to win their first series of the year today. And they're undefeated at home behind a couple big home runs and a nice pitching performance from Zach Wheeler. And unfortunately, we've got more injury news. A lot to discuss on today's Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies. Your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is Locked On Phillies. I'm your host, Connor Thomas. Been talking Phil's baseball for years over on 97.5 The Fanatic on the radio. You can see me on television on NBC Sports Philadelphia, uh, credentialed Philadelphia Phillies media member, and happy to be here with you as your host of Locked On Phillies. I want to thank you for making Locked On Phillies your first listen every day. We are part of the Locked On Network, your team every day, and we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And yesterday, well, the Philadelphia Phillies won a darn baseball game they win their home opener it's their second win of the year and they get their first opportunity to win a series wait second opportunity did they win the first game in new york trying to remember let me go back to the schedule it feels so weird with the delay i'm all thrown off no they won the second game in new york but i guess that does give them the chance to win the series because they could have won the third game and won that series but they did not so the philadelphia phillies now have a chance to win their first series of the year not the first chance as I should say. But let's talk about yesterday's win over the Cincinnati Reds and the big storylines from the 5-2 victory. The first one, Zach Wheeler looked really, really good yesterday, early. And then he ran into a little bit of trouble in the sixth inning. Now, he went five innings of one earned, three hit baseball. That's pretty darn good. And at the end of the fifth inning, Zach Wheeler saw the game sitting tied at one-to-one, and he had gone through five with 80 pitches thrown. And I was sitting there in the press box, and I talked to the person next to me, and I said, yeah, I'd, I'd get him out here. I'd be done. Get the pen up, warm him up. Because Zach Wheeler had a rough fifth inning, even though he kind of worked out of a jam there. And to me, that said, okay, he, he's fading a little bit. You want to get him out before he implodes, similar to what's going on with Aaron Nolan. Normally, uh, like last year in the World Series, I was in favor of leaving Zach Wheeler in that situation against the Houston Astros with Jordan Alvarez coming up, and we all know how that ended. But that was the end of the year. At the start of the year, you err on the side of caution with pitchers. I would have pulled him there for a couple of reasons. First off, the weather in Philly, it was like 60 degrees yesterday. It was windy. It was not warm. So I was looking at a situation where I know uh, as a guy who's pitched in college and semi-pro ball and has been around baseball my whole life, that's early on in the season in that cold weather. Uh, pitchers, you can probably cut their pitch count by about five to ten pitches. There's, or I guess rather you should say you should add five to ten to whatever the guys have thrown for those early season cold games because the arm doesn't have as much uh, longevity in it. You can't throw as long in the cold as you can when it's 85, 90 out and everything feels good. So 80 pitches turns into, I don't know, 90 pitches. So early on in the year, too, he's not stretched out yet. So he's thrown more than he threw in his last start. You're looking at a situation there where you say, okay, maybe more pitches than last start. Probably looking around 90 equivalent with the weather as far as number of pitches thrown. He just struggled this inning. We're tied up at one. Get someone warmed up in the pen and maybe we'll go to them. And then in the bottom of the fifth, the Philadelphia Phillies score to make it two to one. 
and you say, okay, Wheeler's in line for the win. He's gone five innings. We've gotten a good outing out of him. Let's go to the pen. The Phillies decided not to, or rather I should say Rob Thompson decided not to, and Zach Wheeler ends up giving up another run in the top of the sixth to make it two to two. And then the bullpen comes in, and Andrew Bellotti works out of a jam there. So that, that was good work, but I would have pulled Zach Wheeler. That being said, the velocity looked good. He was overpowering guys with his fastball, which was nice to see. Worked in some good off-speed stuff. It was an encouraging performance from Zach Wheeler. Uh, the last two starts from your top two guys, Nola's in New York against the Yankees, and Wheeler's yesterday against the Cincinnati Reds show you they're going to be just fine. They're working some stuff out early on in the season, but you saw two really good pitching performances from your top two guys. That's encouraging. And the bullpen was darn good yesterday. They didn't give up a run. The Phillies bullpen is starting to settle into the one that we thought it could be when they acquired Gregory Soto and brought in Craig Kimbrell and re-signed Jose Alvarado and re-signed Sir Anthony Dominguez. And uh, we saw Andrew Bellotti have a breakthrough year last year. Connor Brogdon, we know he can pitch at this level. Uh, there's a good number of guys in this bullpen that are really trustworthy relievers, which is not something we're used to as Phillies fans. So another good outing by them. If the bullpen's going to be this good, it's really going to help mitigate what you're losing on the offensive side of the ball, offensive side of the ball, I guess at the plate, I should say. And that's more of a uh, football or basketball uh, terminology, but you get what I'm saying. Offensively, you're not going to be as strong because of the injuries to Reese Hoskins and Bryce Harper and the recent one to Derek Hall, which we'll talk about coming up in the next segment. But yeah, it, it will help significantly if the bullpen is shut down. And recently, they really, really have been since that series in Texas ended. They've been good. So that makes you makes you feel great. Now, where I left you, though, is it's a 2-2 ball game. How did the Phillies end up winning this one? Well, the big blow came in the bottom of the seventh. It was cold and windy, and the wind was blowing out to right field, which means normally anything you hit left center over towards the line is going to not travel as well because of the temperature and because of the wind. <laughs> Don't tell, don't tell that to JT Romuto because JT Romuto hit a 448-foot home run to left center. That was an absolute bomb. He knew it off the bat, gave a little bat flip, looked at the dugout. He did it in the bottom of the seventh inning, and, man, it was just an absolute moonshot going off the bat. It made it 4-2 to two Phillies, and the Phillies didn't look back after that. Could have won it 4-2, to two, but JT breaking through and hitting the home run is like his seemed to – Maybe not as much as Reese Hoskins, because Reese would hit one, and the next thing you know, over the next week, he's hit five home runs. So JT's not like that as far as the heat check is concerned. Schwarber's another guy. Uh, we know what the month of June is for Schwarber, but the guy hits one home run, and all of a sudden he's got like 12 in a month. Uh, I know I'm exaggerating there, but you get, you get what I'm saying. JT's don't come in bunches quite like that. But when he has like a breakthrough hit, like he absolutely demolishes a baseball, normally you could see him go on a little bit of a hot streak. That'll mean he'll hit, I don't know, two in the next five games uh, after this one uh, when you look back at his career. So that's a good sign for JT Romito breaking through. Nick Castellanos, first two at-bats, two doubles. He kills the Cincinnati Reds. And maybe it's a little bit of him feeling disrespected because that organization did not put in a solid enough effort to bring him back after an all-star level year back in 2021. But whatever the case may be, Nick Castellanos had a nice day to start yesterday. And man, Trey Turner's absolutely incredible. Like Trey Turner had one of his vintage score from first slides, which looks absolutely downright. Just, I mean, it, it made it move. It got me going as far as seeing that slide and how exciting that was 
uh, for Trey Turner, and he had himself a nice day at the dish. He was two for five. Uh, he did strike out twice, but he had two runs scored, and that's important. When he gets on, he is a run waiting to score because of his speed and because of the guys batting behind him. Yeah, J.T. Romito, two for four with that home run. Nick Castellanos, two for three with a walk and a strikeout. That's a great day for him. Now, uh, you're looking at Jake Cave and Josh Harrison came in as a pinch hitter, uh, Christian Pache, Cody Clemens, those guys, Brandon Marsh. Marsh didn't have a good day. He's better than that. But that bottom part of the lineup is kind of overmatched against major league pitching. And that's why the stars are going to have to carry you at the top. It's a tale of two halves of the lineup. The top of the lineup yesterday was Turner, Schwarber, Romuto, Castellanos, Stott, Bone. Great. And then the bottom part of the lineup is Cave, Clemens, Marsh, other guys you can fit in there who will fill in, maybe Dalton Guthrie if he comes back up, Christian Pache. Like those are guys that are not major league and Marsh is better than that. He, he's actually a really good nine hole hitter for you, but uh, it, it's those guys you look at that you're going to have to overcome them, giving you basically nothing at the plate. So that's what the Philadelphia Phillies are currently dealing with yesterday though. They dealt with it well against the Cincinnati Reds. They come away with a win. One more thing though, Craig Kimbrell as the closer, uh, he got the job done yesterday. He got his first save as a Philadelphia Philly. And that's good news. Like that's a good thing. It was a little bit tense tenser than it needed to be, and he's just a guy that he doesn't seem like washed as a reliever, but as a closer, I can't trust him in that role uh, anymore at this point in his career. He does He's not consistently good enough for me to do that. I'd rather see Gregory Soto in that role. I'd rather see Jose Alvarado in that role. I'd rather see Saranti Dominguez in that role. Kimbrell would be my fourth pick for closer for the 2023 Phillies, but he's gotten the opportunities early, and so far – flirted with a little bit of danger yesterday, but he got the job done. So until he messes up, I can't see Rob Thompson changing anything. I would change it and go with Gregory Soto if it was up to me. But either way, Kimbrell gets the job done in his first save opportunity. So that's a good thing for the Philadelphia Phillies as well. And all that leads to a nice 5-2 win. Nothing flashy, nothing crazy. A couple of home runs, which was nice. Edmundo Sosa also hit a home run, sorry, in the eighth inning to go ahead and extend the lead to 5-2. I've told you about Edmundo Sosa. I called him maybe the most underrated Philly on this team. Yeah, he's uh, he's just he's a good major league player. When he gets opportunities, he delivers. And maybe with these injuries, we'll get to really fully see that. But uh, I I'm fully backing Edmundo Sosa as a guy who could play every day for this team. Not be one of the top guys, but he could play every day for this team and not hurt you. So a nice swing by him to extend it. Phils win five two. Uh, They go ahead and they get their second win of the year. And now you're looking at a situation where you can win a series today with Bailey Falter on the mound. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But coming up, I want to talk about the injury news that broke before the game yesterday, dealing with Derek Hall and what the Philadelphia Phillies need to do to deal with that. We'll discuss as we continue Locked on Phillies. First of all, I want to tell you about So Rare, one of our new sponsors. So, So Rare is awesome. It's a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace, transforming fans into owners. So, basically how it works, you have officially licensed digital cards that feature players from across all 30 Major League Baseball teams. So, you can collect cards. You know what I kind of liken to? You know how you used to collect, like, I don't know, Pokemon cards back in the day or Yu-Gi-Oh cards if you were one of those people? People from my generation will know what I'm talking about. But having the cards is one thing. Being able to use them to like play games with is different because for a long time, baseball cards, 
you just had the baseball card, right? Well, it's different with So Rare. And unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience. So you're collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. So you you own the cards, you get the cards, uh, buy them through the So Rare setup and everything. There's no cost to play, so it doesn't cost you anything. Like no real money there, but you go ahead and you own those cards. You use them to play against other players. And it's like taking baseball cards to the next level. It's awesome. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next level competitions and rewards. It's great. So you got to go ahead and check it out. MLB game weeks happen twice weekly and span a three to four day cycle. So it's just kind of like a shorter setup for fantasy baseball. So it's a little bit quicker hitting too, if you like that, which I do. And at the end of the game weeks, um, MLB managers on so rare who rank it at or near the top of their leaderboards, you can win a variety of rewards, a whole bunch of different stuff. Listen to some of this. So rare scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars. There's so much cool stuff. Prizes may vary depending on the competition. So head to so rare.com slash locked on. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's so rare.com slash locked on to start playing today. Okay, so one of the issues that came out, well, two of the issues that came out of the New York Yankees series were a couple more injuries to the Philadelphia Phillies. Brandon Marsh had an issue going on with his ankle. And Derek Hall had a situation where he tried to stretch a single into a double. As he was getting thrown out at second base, he seemed to injure his thumb or his hand. So they went ahead and looked at it. He was removed from that game. And the reports were that he had some type of sprain in his thumb that they were getting looked at. He was initially placed on the 10-day injured list. And then it came out about an hour ahead of first pitch yesterday, uh, which was Friday, that Derek Hall is going to need to have surgery. He tore his UCL in his thumb, not the elbow. This is not Tommy John, but the UCL is the collateral ligament in your thumb uh, that he needs to go ahead and have surgically repaired, which is going to lead to uh, an absence of about a month or two is what they're estimating right off the bat. Maybe he'll feel, heal faster. Young guy, we've seen guys heal quick in the past, but what we know is their call is going to be gone for probably uh, a month or more. That's an issue because I don't know if you know this, but Reese Hoskins, yeah, he tore his ACL. He's done for the year. So you're already out two first basemen. Uh, I know I told you about not trading for a first baseman before. I'm going to reiterate that again. Even though Derek Hall is going to be out for a month plus, you're not trading for a first baseman at this point in the season. It is still too early, and this team is talented enough. If you were a team that uh, were right on the edge of competing for the playoffs, you know, like we need to make it in, and we're already behind the eight ball, and the Phillies are kind of behind the eight ball, but they're a talented enough team is my point in this. Uh, if you weren't, if you were, say, the Baltimore Orioles and you were really trying to make waves and break through and make the playoffs and you lost one of your starting players that was important to you, you could try and go make a trade. But the Phillies are good enough they can withstand this. It's getting harder every injury they get, but Trey Turner and JT Muto and Nick Castellanos and uh, these guys are Alec Bohm, Bryson Stott, they're healthy. They're going to be enough to carry this team through the easier parts of the schedule, you should be able to play over 500 ball with those guys and the rotation and the bullpen that you have in Philadelphia already. I can't go make a trade for anybody because when you call the Rockies or when you call the athletics and you ask for these guys, uh, they're going to bend you over. They're going to basically say, okay, we'll take Griff McGarry and a player to be named later and 
uh, money and all this other stuff. And oh, if you don't like it, okay, well, no one else is moving anybody because it's early April. So go ahead and call us back in 15 minutes when you realize no one else has anyone to trade you. Like the market is not remotely developed on trading for players yet. So any trade you try and make at this point is going to be a huge overpay. It's the same reason why the Phillies didn't make a big outfield signing this offseason because they know Bryce Harper is coming back. So what are you going to commit all this money or all these assets to a player to bring them in to play part of a season and then go to the bench? Uh, I know Bryce Harper will probably DH the entirety of the year. Uh, He hasn't even started a throwing program or anything yet. But the point is, it's not a problem for the entirety of the year. The Hoskins thing was, but you have Derek Hall. And Hall will be back at some point this season. You can always, in a month, if the Philadelphia Phillies are in trouble, or in three months before the trade deadline, if the Philadelphia Phillies are right on the edge but need an extra boost, go trade for one of these guys. No one else is calling the Rockies right now on C.J. Crone. They're just not. No one else is calling the Athletics about making trades right now two weeks into the season. So slow down a little bit. Take a deep breath. Watch how the team plays for a couple weeks then we can reevaluate whether or not they need to make a move. But you don't immediately make a trade as soon as you have an injury because other teams smell desperation, and they're going to absolutely take you to the cleaners for what you have to give up for those guys, whether or not they're worth it. So you're not going to make a trade. So what are your other options? There's no one out there available to sign. We went through that with the Reese Hoskins thing, and you're in season. Uh, I know I saw some jokes about Ryan Howard coming out of retirement. Obviously, jokes, that's not happening. Uh, there's there's no one that you're going to add externally. So internally, the solution yesterday was Cody Clemens playing first base. He played all right defensively. He's not a major league hitter yet. He's just not. He has a weird hitch with his hands down and his swing that he doesn't handle velocity well. And Hunter Green, who started for the Reds yesterday, nice young pitcher, threw pretty well and lost command a little bit in the middle innings. But early on, he looked electric with his fastball. Cody Clemens had no chance to put together a competitive bat. Now, that's not to say Clemens will never be a major league hitter. It means he's not right now. So if he's going to be your option at first base, you're going to be looking at a guy that's batting like 120 over there. And can you can you withstand that? Here is what I would do. And Rob Thompson has already come out and said that Alec Bohm's not going to be playing first base against righty pitchers because you don't have another lefty bat to put at third base to replace Bohm. So all of a sudden you're putting yourself at a disadvantage when it comes to the handedness matchups. I don't care about all that. I would play Alec Bohm at first. I would make Edmundo Sosa your everyday third baseman. Trey Turner at short. Bryson Stott at second. JT Romito catches. Whoever your pitcher is, pitches. Left field, uh, you can either go Cave or Schwarber, depending on who you want to DH. Center field, Brandon Marsh. Right field, Nick Castellanos. That's your best lineup. Will the Phillies do it against lefties maybe? But it sounds like they want to keep Alec Bohm at third base. I get that. I told you earlier on in the season, I'm a proponent of keeping Alec Bohm there at third and not messing with him. But now you're in drastic times. That calls for, of course, drastic measures. And to me, moving Alec Bohm over there is probably your best option to put the best offensive lineup together and maybe the best defensive lineup too because Sosa's really, really good defensively. But it's been a weird time for Rob Thompson trying to figure out lineups, and uh, we'll see again what he does today. The lineups are out for today's 4 o'clock game against the Cincinnati Reds game, two of the series. Coming up, we'll preview that game, and we'll discuss uh, the lineup from Rob Thompson and what it tells us about how they might employ players at first base going forward. 
First, though, I want to tell you about my friends over at FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use, and you can bet on everything from money line, point scored, threes drained, all that good stuff. Bet on Joel Embiid to be MVP. He's going to win it. He's going to. I promise you. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay, so don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay, we have the lineup for today's matchup between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Cincinnati Reds, a 4.05 contest from Citizens Bank Park. And just looking at the analytics, well, Nick Lodolo goes for the Cincinnati Reds on the mound. He's pretty darn good. 3.6 ERA so far this year with a 1-0 and record. Lodolo's good. He's a really good left-handed pitcher, but that's good for the Phillies to see lefties right now considering they don't have their strong left-handed bats squared away. I mean, their best left-handed batter right now might be Bryson Stott. Or Kyle Schwarber, I'm an idiot. I forgot about Kyle Schwarber. My apologies to the NL home run leader. They still have lefties hitting at the ball. They're better, and I talked about this last year. This team is built to hit lefties better than they are to hit righties, even when they're totally healthy. So seeing a left-handed pitcher, I think, is an advantage for the Philadelphia Phillies. Bailey Falter throws for the Phillies at a nice start in his first start of the year down there in Texas. Didn't get the job done, but he looked good. So we'll see if Falter can continue that. I really like Bailey Falter. I'm a fan of what he is on the mound as a young lefty that has some good stuff and seems to be a real heady pitcher. He's smart with what he does. That pitching matchup, though, lends to the Reds, and that's why in the ESPN analytics, the Reds have a 52.5% chance to win today's game as opposed to a 47.5% chance for the Philadelphia Phillies. Here is your Phillies lineup. Trey Turner, of course, is going to play shortstop and bat leadoff. Kyle Schwarber, bat second, designated hit. Fine. J.J. Romito, catch, bat third. Perfect. Nick Castellanos is going to stay bat and clean up, play right field again. All that's the same. Alec Bohm will play first base today against lefties. So that shows us that against lefties, he's probably going to be your guy you use over there. But righties, we'll still have to see how Rob Thompson employs that. Yesterday against a righty in Hunter Green, it was Cody Clemens. So maybe that's what they do and we get some consistency. Josh Harrison is playing left field. So Jake Cave gets the day off. And Jake Cave has been disappointing to start this year. So he needs a day off. You need to find somebody who can add something. Maybe Josh Harrison can figure some stuff out. Got out in his pinch hit uh, at bat yesterday, but he looked like he put a nice at bat together. Edmundo Sosa is going to play third, just like I told you he should. I love Edmundo Sosa, quickly becoming one of my favorite players on this team. Bryce is thought bat eighth, plays second base, and Brandon Marsh is getting the day off, maybe to rest that ankle. Uh, we'll have to see if it was a scheduled day off or not, but Christian Pache is going to be playing center field. He's 0 for 6 on the year. He's been abysmal. He doesn't really give you anything at the plate. Ah, who knows? Maybe he'll break through at home. I don't know, man. I'm not expecting a lot from Pache, but Stott, Sosa, Harrison, Bohm, Castellanos, Romito, Schwarber, Turner. That's a good enough lineup yeah, out of those eight guys to be able to beat the Cincinnati Reds with a lineup of guys that a lot of people have never heard of before. Uh, I still feel good about the Phillies today. I think they win. I think they take the series, and I think they set themselves up for a chance for a sweep on Sunday. So that's how we're feeling about the Philadelphia Phillies matchup today. That's all for today's Locked on Phillies. I want to thank you for making Locked on Phillies your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. 
Thank you so much for checking in. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Subscribe to the YouTube so you can go ahead and check it out, watch on video. Uh, it just gives a little extra element to it where you it feels more interactive when you watch it on video as opposed to just listening. If you are just listening, leave a like where you get your podcast. Leave a review. I appreciate all that stuff. So thank you so much for following along. And I'll talk to you next time on the next episode of Lock on Phillies.